see miracles all around me. Stop and look around. It's all astounding. Water, fire, air and dirt. Fucking magnets. How do they work? And welcome to... Stop and look around. 14 words. 14 words. I'm hearing that cut. I had both of the... Um, I had you talking in the video playing. I was like, what is going on? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn. <laughs> right, so we are doing this. We are talking this week. We are talking about the Weather or under, Underground Organization, commonly known as the Weather Underground. Weather Underground. So, where do you want to start then, Saz? Okay, so what we can do is um, we can start with uh, the original group, which was uh, most like most prominent in the universities. Uh, it's called the SDS, like the Social Democratic Society, which they uh, they predict that they had over 100,000 students in 400 campuses across the United States that were uh, communist, anarchist, um, extremely like liberal. And then, yeah, so yeah. they you have to understand something like these these people weren't influenced by their teachers because yeah, the, the age of the or the era of, Mar of McCarthyism had ended in the 50s. And so it was extremely like the Red Scare was extremely anti-communist. So like it wasn't in our schools yet. Or anything like that um you can kind of blame i'm not trying to blame things on the british it wasn't like ethnic brits that kind of came and influenced them it was like jewish brits watch it says watch it says we don't want to anglo bashing this this isn't the Keith Woods <laughs> po podcast you know yeah <laughs> yeah so it's like um so you have like all these groups that were protesting the vietnam war and you have to understand at this time they had uh you know teenagers that were being conscripted into a war that had nothing to do with us and so there was a really rebellious um uh generation and so they started reading what they were told not to read you know and a lot of these these people who formed were formed in these uh groups and stuff they came from elitist families like like upper class they were like elitist babies they were called and they were the ones that kind of directed all the stuff and organized and, and pushed for revolution and riots and stuff like that. But you still get, you yeah, still cool. get that today, don't you? All the, all the, 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 well, uh... that's, that's, what, that's the reason that this is even relevant or I'm even like that me and ENA are even diving into this is simply because you have to understand like the, the, the organizing and the processes of what they did during these riots. Oh my God, a wasp, get away from me. And like, uh, oh no, what Anglo Saxon Protestant? <laughs> <I'm a daughter. laughs> uh, it just blew my face. No, so you have to understand, like, like the, the way that they orchestrated these riots, okay? So in the 60s, it was all about, you have to understand, the South was extremely anti like uh, civil rights, right? They were like lynching blacks and all that kind of stuff. Like, the Jim Crow laws were being challenged. And they had like people coming from the north, like marching down in the south. Uh, one of the founders of SDS literally got beaten almost to death in Mississippi and jailed in Georgia. And that's when he wrote the Huron Statement, which we'll go over that in a minute. But um, so they were protesting police brutality, tearing down statues, inciting riots. Like you, there's something called the Chicago Eight, the conspiracy, where um, members of the Yippies and the the, S the leader of SES were like arrested and charged, indicted for a conspiracy to commit like race riots across state lines and stuff. Wasn't there a Black Panther? Involved? Yeah, there's a Black Panther and they're involved as well. 
And the crazy thing is, is like during the trial, like uh, the yippies were just making a mockery of it. They were like blowing kisses, making, you know, like messing with the jury. What are the, what are the yippies? The yippies are uh, like another social group that had, they were a bit more uh, eccentric. They were the ones that were like more in the Northeast. Uh, and uh, all, they were all Jewish. 100% all of them were. They, they, they like the attention from the media. So that's what they played to. You know what I mean? They were just like outlandish. Uh, I don't know. Um, obnoxious kind of. And so they were the ones that got like arrested. Like three of them, they, which they were all Jewish. And then you had Tom Hayden. And then you had um, the Black Panther. Well, they all got charged and indicted for, and they had to serve five years and like a fine. And even their attorney got um, uh, charged because of uh, what? What does it call them? Uh, I don't know. It's like whenever you challenge the court or the judge or whatever, and they 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 fine you. Uh, or anyways, contempt. Contempt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, contempt. I couldn't think of the word. So they that he got arrested as well. Well, they ended up doing appeal. It got overturned, and they got out. Right. And so like this, this is all during like all these groups were, were rioting and stuff. And so um, we want to go into like the ethnicity of all these groups, because I know ENA is like dying to explain the <laughs> Irish part of this. Go ahead, ENA. So, uh, it's, you know, Tom Aiden, that's the, we'll see the SDS leader, the yippie guy. Is oh, no, he, wasn't, he wasn't yippie. He was just... Oh, the yippies, the, yippies, Sorry, the, yippies, the, the yippies are the Youth yeah. International Party, yeah. by the way. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, this guy's Irish, uh, <laughs> as always. He, uh, <laughs> he admired the IRA, by the way, very much. Uh, I think he even visited uh, Ireland. Was it yeah. a, there was a Northern yeah. Irish... Uh, I forgot what it's called now, but there was a Northern Ireland protest, and he was a part of it. He... Uh, he tried to urge Bill Clinton to get involved in the Irish, like in one of the the, like the Irish Revolution in like yeah. the nineties or some shit. And uh, so, one of the another reason that these people are so important, and we want to go over like the main characters in all of this, is simply because like, they're where are they now? They are literally in all of our like elitist universities: University of Chicago, Duke, Columbia. Northwestern, um, any like big university, that is where they are. These are the people, one of them, Bill Ayers, who has ties to Obama. And we're going to go deep into like how, how much they are connected. So Tom Ayers, oh, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Who oh, the yeah, Tom Ayers has literally been awarded like so many awards for um, writing of textbooks for his involvement in um, like urban development and like reform in our educational systems. Like, you know that in Seattle right now, they're trying to um, uh, change curriculum to ethnic math classes to teach how math is oppressive. It's the same thing that he's pushing that like he, like what their, um, like their statements and like what they were fighting for. That's all, all about it. That's, that's 100%. Bill Ayers is married to, Dar uh, what's her name? The Bernadine Dorr, who is a, ha who's a Polish Jew, right? Like I said, they're all Jewish, like literally, except for just a couple of them. If they're not Jewish, they're Irish. They're not <laughs> Jewish, yes, yes, basically. And so they got married like later on, right? And she is, uh, she's like high up in like uh, educational and like uh, she's an attorney, just like all this shit. Like these are 
they're all elitist right now, like all of them. They're exactly the same thing that they have taught against. And so I won't, like, I don't know. Um, we can go into like, since we're talking about uh, uh, Bill Ayers, we can like really, we can get into Bill Ayers. Like, uh, so in the 80s, Bill Ayers literally had, so there was this foundation called the Wood, the Wood Foundation, or yeah, was it the Wood Foundation? That Thomas Ayers, which was Bill Ayers' father, and Obama like uh, was sat on the chair of. So Obama at this time was uh, a three, like a, a graduate of three years, working for a very small law firm, had no experience or anything. By '95, Bill Ayers had already met him and everything like that, and he claims he didn't know him until '95. But that's just mm. bullshit because he didn't have the experience to sit on top of a 150 million dollar board, right, like a chair. Bill Ayers like, uh, and, like, gave him that opportunity, right? And this was called the CAC, which was in Chicago. And it was a, a foundation to li literally liberalize the school systems, to bring awareness to, like, you know, blacks and just, you know, just non-whites, minorities and all this stuff. And it was $150 million. It was one of the largest, like, foundations, like, for this. So Obama was tied to him by that he lived five houses down from him and then we find out bill ayers actually wrote obama's book my father the dreams of my father that was like cherished all around the nation well it was responsible because of bill ayers wrote it so like there's a huge tie right there and then there's like clinton's come in clinton's pardoned every single weatherman that did get arrested yeah. and then the ones that didn't get arrested and they finally came out of hiding this is where I think conspiracy comes in. Okay, let me just talk about this for a second. So, it, I, this is a mess. Like, it's very we're very unorganized because it's just so much shit to go into. But you have to understand. I don't know if y'all know what Watergate scandal is. That was with Nixon. Watergate scandal is where the Democrat, well, the Republicans spied on like the Democrats and stuff like that, and uh, they got caught, right? And so there was an FBI who was leaking info, who had worked for the FBI for thirty years, and he was supposed to get the. Um, uh, to be the head of the FBI as soon as Hoover died, who died also in that year. And some other guy came in that had like hardly any experience. And like, it was, it was, they were curious as to why are these people coming in and replacing the people who have been in these positions? Well, it comes to find out the president uh, put them there simply because he was trying to cover up this big scandal. And uh, so his, the guy's name was, uh, they called him deep throat, right? I know it's kind of funny, but whenever the, like this SDS or weathermen, they bombed the Pentagon. Cause you have to remember these people bombed the state buildings. They bombed uh, police stations. They bombed the Capitol. It's just, they bombed Pentagon. everything. Yeah. yeah. So when they bombed the Pentagon, this guy deep there, who's kind of in charge of, of all the stuff, he's like, F it, you know, put um, wiretaps, open their mail, all their families, all their friends, every known associate, because they wanted to catch them because they were becoming, you know, so radical and the people were dying and like these right, these riots were just getting out of control. And so because they illegally wiretapped them and like went through their mail and everything, they got off scot-free 100%, even though they killed people, they even killed their own. Oh, did you know, um, did you know who Deep Throat was, Saz? Deep Throat was the FBI, FBI associate director, Mark Felt. Yeah, Felt. Well, yeah, he yeah. was, okay. So when, when, um, what's it, uh, whenever, uh, Hoover died, which was in 67 or 68. I can't remember the exact year. He, Flake was supposed to get the position of the head of the FBI. He'd been working there for 30 years. 
well, this like young guy came in that, you know, hadn't had that much experience and all this other stuff. And then the second in control, like the one that he brought in was somebody that was a con considered a rogue FBI agent. So I've got the Wikipedia up now. So it says Hoover died in his sleep and was found on the morning of May 2nd, 1972. Uh, some fella called Tolson was in was normally in charge until the next day when Nixon appointed L. Patrick Gray III as acting FBI director. Tolson submitted his re his resignation, which Gray Gray accepted. Felt succeeded to Tolson's post as associate director, the number two, number two job in the bureau. Felt served as an honorary pallbearer at, honor at Hoover's funeral. Uh, so that's that. It doesn't yeah, say, so it was, it doesn't say like, why. It was, yeah, it was really like, um, so at this time, like you have to understand, like the FBI is not the FBI you see today. The FBI actually meant something back then, right? Like they, even though um, Hoover like kept files on everybody and he was able to end the mobs and all this other stuff, like he had dirt on everybody. They had dirt on all the politicians. They had dirt on everybody, but it wasn't what you see today it wasn't as corrupt as you see today like in the the members of the fbi back then were like loyal does that make sense and so when this happened and uh deep throat mark felt whenever he started realizing like okay they're covering something up he was pissed he was pissed because he got replaced and they tried they started teaching him like shit so he started leaking the information Oh, the message, like, there, there's that, a bit, there's a paragraph on Felt's thing that says the lead federal prosecutor on the case, William C. Ibershoff, claims that Felt and Attorney General John Mitchell in initiated these illegal activities that tainted the investigation. Yes, yes, they did. That's why they got off free, 100%, <clears> because they tapped. And, but that's why only some of them got off free. The ones that they illegally wiretapped and they went through their mail. Those are the people who didn't get indicted when they it came. It says they're also break-ins as they're illegal break-ins as well. Yes. Well, you have to break into apartments of the people yeah. so that you, that's the only way you can illegally wire oh, yeah, 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 money. Yeah. So it was like that was all done. So I, to me, it's just like, well, isn't that a coincidence? Like all these people get off. You know, it's just it's insane. You think that there would be something that they can do to charge these people. These people were responsible for like over 25 bombs that they knew they predicted a hundred bombs uh they even blew up their own members trying to set bombs off like uh in all of our big big important buildings like you know the capitol the pentagon like police departments I think. yeah they killed police like it's then the riots that they incited people died from like they even have um at Ohio, at Kent State, where uh, they had rioters and stuff and they had incited these riots and national guard ended up killing four people you know, like the like that's like that's how bad it got. And b these people were all supposedly protesting the Vietnam War. Well, it was it was much more than that. It was the civil rights. It was the counterculture revolution. It's it's so it goes it goes so deep. And the things that these people claimed and that they wanted is absolutely disgusting. It was all about the like the white middle to upper class. Uh, they wanted to destroy the nuclear family. Like that was their main aim. Like uh, a few of them even admitted like they just regret not killing white babies. Like it was all an attack on white America. They called them honkies. Well, Honky it says, America. It says here that, that, you know, that you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. It said that was also the, the title of a position Kong. paper distributed at yes, an SDS convention in Chicago. I thought, yeah. But that was, that was, that's okay. So we're going to go over all these different groups, right? So you have the yeah. SDS, which 
the main the main statement was the Huron, the Port Huron statement, which Tom Hayden wrote while he was in jail. Don't and then you have like SDS, don't forget to tell off. us what the acronym stand for as well. Oh, I did. So students, for a, students for a democratic oh, society, yeah, society, just in case. Society, yeah, care. that's what it is. So that's that's they were the biggest group. So whenever they became more radical, they broke off to the weathermen. And John Jacobs was a Jew who wrote, uh, "You don't need a weatherman to tell you which way the wind blew." And then you have after that, you have the weather underground because they had to go underground because after they blew themselves up in a townhouse, uh, the FBI came, was coming after them. So they went underground. Then well, you it's have a, it says that, that document called for a white fighting force to be allied with black liberation movement and other, other radical movements to achieve the destruction of US imperialism and form a classless yeah. communist world. Yeah. yeah, they were against like the, they, they looked at like the Vietnam War as imperialism. And stuff like that. So they were anti-imperialists. They were, you know, this idea of the American utopian and 100% anything establishment, any kind, our, our, excuse me, our governments and everything. So, yeah, so they went to the Democratic Convention in 1968 and just rioted. And that's why they got arrested. Did we talk about that yet? I know we were talking about before, though. Uh, I don't think we've spoken about that yet. No. Okay. So they had something called the Chicago, the conspiracy, well, Chicago conspiracy eight, and then it turned to seven, or the well, we said the yippies and stuff like that, where they went to court and all that stuff happened. We discussed that, but so the other members of the Weatherground later on uh, got caught with like uh, one of them got caught with a machine gun and 780 pounds of dynamite 740 pounds of dynamite. do you want me to tell you the seven do you want me to name the seven it's uh abby hoffman jerry rubin david dellinger tom hayden rennie davis john Froins, and lee wiener yeah. very diverse uh, yeah. definitely yeah. they're all they're all jewish except for tom hayden and uh, the black panther Tom Hayden's the uh, the Irishman, by the way. Key key point there. Like the the people in that like in that trial, they weren't all SDS or the Weathermen, right? They they were the yippies who didn't really do much, weren't very effective. So like, but yeah, the other thing is that it doesn't matter if they weren't a part of the SDS or the Weather Underground. It's the fact that they believed in like this these socialists and communists and Marxist like ideals. And so because they didn't get arrested and stuff like that, they went on to be teachers and lawyers. Like all of the, the socialists from the 60s are literally the ones that are in our universities teaching. Oh, the don't forget the eighth, the eighth person was, was uh, Robert George Seal, otherwise known as Bobby oh, Seal. He He's an American yeah. political actor. Yeah, I was going to say that. He, him and Huey P. Newton co-founded the Black Panther. I think Party. he was the only one that, um, because he was black, <laughs> and uh, um, you have and our, our like our, our system was extremely like racist and stuff like that. I think he was the only one that actually got charged and wasn't allowed to appeal. If I'm correct. Well, I don't know. It says he I, had his charge, I, his trial severed during the play. I don't even know what that means. Oh, okay. Well, we watched that uh, that little movie. Obviously, he was called Naracus, and they had to <laughs> was it uh, gag him or something like that. He kept interrupting. During the courts, yeah, like they were, they were just making a mock of the courts and stuff like that. Yeah. So, obviously, they uh, didn't part up with him for long. Took him out. Yeah, and then you have to. Okay, so there was a a, a black leader 
um, named Fred Hampton, which Fred Hampton got assassinated, they claim, because he was asleep in his bed. And the uh, police, well, I think it was the FBI that went, went after him, and they claimed that it was like a gunfight and this and that. But they were allowed people to come in and see like the, the room where he was murdered, and you could just see blood on the bed and, you know. And so once that happened, that's when they became really, it escalated, right? Like that's when the weather underground became like 100%, like we're tearing down. We're about to just create complete um, chaos, like all over the United States. So Fred Hansen, the, the, the F, and then you had MLK, which also, you know, escalated things. So it's like, in a way, like I, I just, is, like, did our government not know this is going to happen? Like, if they start assassinating these people, because everyone knows that Martin Luther King didn't die when he got shot. I think he got shot like in the lip or something, and then like nurses later on revealed that they actually saw people smothering him in his sleep, and it was like, oh, severed. Know, like, so I've just looked up severed. So it says so if some if if somebody if they have a joint trial, so a joint trial is where you have a trial, all the facts are basically same, so they so they judge them together. So um, so to convince a judge to split a trial that's already begun, the defendant must establish the compromise of the right to a fair trial. Uh, but he, he could have been, but did you say he was like causing all kinds of hell there? Which mean he could, he could have been severed just so he's, severed just well, means that he's tried separately rather than together yeah. with the rest of them. Well, so like the whole thing was is that I told you the yippies were just like very centric, like just rambunctious and stuff like that. So they were just constantly blowing kisses at the jury. They were uh, making faces, wearing just weirdest weirdest clothing, you know, like just like just obnoxious shit that was distracting, right? Mm. And so the black pan like the Black Panther leader, he just kept calling um, the judge a fascist pig, you know, a racist. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, giving speeches, like, I mean, did he represent himself? Uh, yeah, because I think he represented himself. Yeah, he represented himself, and like the the judge was like, "Nope, you're not doing that." And he's like, "Yes, <laughs> I am. You know, you you can't stop me." My constitutional right. <laughs> it's my constitutional right. Yeah. So. Well, that also seems him. like a very uh, very Jewish tactic, doesn't? Because because you, you've seen like when it, when a when a cop tries to um, arrest a single Jew, and then they all just like swarm him, don't they? <laughs> Yeah. Well, back then, um, like these, these Jews were, they were trying to escape like their American Jewishness. I don't, they were trying to escape that. Right. Um, they had, they, they, they like Mark Rudd, who's the main one who hates white people, like freaking despises white people. Like his whole thing, him and John Jacobs, like they wanted to destroy all white people. They wanted to kill 25 million Americans. Like they, that's what they wanted. Yeah. White Americans. Like they, they, that's what they wanted to do. If they ever took power or anything like that, that's what their, their goal was to kill 25 million white Americans. And it's not just random. It, it's like political, obviously kill the conservatives basically. Yeah. Anyone who didn't have like our ideology or couldn't be reeducated. And so, mm. um, you have, where are we going? See how I got uh, the trial. Are you done with the trial? Yeah, yeah. I was going into to Mark Rudd. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say about him. Uh, oh, oh well. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, Mark Rudd was. Uh, he was. Uh, he was influenced 
by like he was he was brought up in like a a Jewish household, right? And like he even claimed that you know even though his parents were like up, you know, they lived in the suburbs and stuff, they still brought the jet the ghetto Jew like the get the ghettos like with their family. And that they 100 really great <laughs> things. So like they, so he, and he was brought up in a, a Jewish school and everything like that. And that's where he realized that God didn't exist. What, and he started to like rebel against like the teachings and stuff. And he claimed that like, no matter how long Jews are like in the United States, they can never assimilate because they are the most racist people against whites, against blacks, against all minorities and everything. And so that was like really what he started to, to think like whenever it was like later in his teens. And then he went to Columbia and that's where SDS was like really started was in Columbia. Everything focused Strong. around Chicago. Everything is literally around Chicago, even Obama is around Chicago, you know? So, um, so he went there and that's when he met like uh, Tom Hayden and Tom Hayden kind of like taught him about like uh, th these intellectual kind of uh, ideas and stuff like they were all intellectuals like they they thought like white southerners and just like white people in general were too like ignorant or too stupid and that they could never like lead any organization because they weren't intellectual enough and so like that's why it was it was all jews that like ran this yeah. stuff. He, was, stuff. he was also put in a, a cell that uh i think was for the uh, strategic you know operations whatever for violence mark Rudd right. got put in yeah, Mark Rudd right now, like he is a teacher, and I think uh, is it New Mexico or Arizona? New Mexico. Yeah, New Mexico. And what he does is he organizes these meets and stuff. So students, like every year, it's almost like a, a tour, right? Students every year, ever you know, come to his like where he is, and he gives lectures on how to organize, how to riot, how to you know get away with it, and stuff like that. And he's like huge on. Um, like revolution still to this day. And he's a, he's a professor, a math teacher actually. And so that's what he focuses on. It's just like, it's crazy. It's like, the, the re like I said, the reason this is even relevant and we're talking about it, it's because it is identical to what's happening today. Like these members of Antifa that are inciting riots and stuff, they are following the weather underground to a freaking T. The weather underground or even like the way that they did their demonstrations and their riots and stuff, they got, black people to do the dirty work you know what i mean yeah and so the black people were the ones that were charged like heavy and never able to appeal it's the same, yeah it's the same thing that happened to, that happens today these antifa members they go and incite the riots and they get the blacks to start you know doing all the the, the work right like we've seen videos of them like laying bricks paying before them. the riots yeah. even happen and uh, you got them paying them as well money yeah. But they're funded by, oh yeah, so the one of the people that Bill Clinton pardoned was a woman named, her last name was Rosenberg. Now, it wasn't, now Nadler, like, you know, our, you know, our uh, Congressman Nadler, he is, he's like heavily Jewish. Like that is, he's the one that looks like uh, Mr. the Penguin from Batman, you know? <laughs> he pushed President Clinton to pardon her. And then when she got out, she became like um, uh, she became a board member of uh, the American Jewish World Service, right? 
And she's also the chairman of this foundation, this group called the Thousand Currents, which funds these different Marxist groups. They're like considered social groups or whatever you want to call them, like Black Lives Matter. She, they have huge ties to Black Lives Matter. So they're getting funded by all these celebrities, by all these, these uh, politicians, all these elitists that were at one time like in the, involved in these groups. And they're pushing to fund these groups. And that's why these groups exist. Well, that's, that's, well, what they do now, instead instead of handing out money, they hand out those um, prepay cards, don't they, with credit on? Well, okay, so I know a guy in um, in uh, from Alabama. And so you guys understand, like, Bible Belt South is a bit different from, like, other areas of the South. Like, you have, like, in Atlanta, Georgia, like, where the riots happen and stuff. And, uh, you know, Wendy's caught on fire and all that stuff. Like, that's that part of the South. But, like, in our area... They have peaceful protests, okay? Like, it's it's very peaceful. Like, New Orleans, like, you'd think that they would be going aping out, chimping out, right? They're not at all. Like, they have this, like, fondness or this tie to the, the, the cities because whites don't go in these areas, like, at all. And so when the blacks are dominant in these cities down here, they look at it like it's their own. You know what I mean? And so they're peacefully rioting. And so the same thing happened in Alabama. Whenever the, these blacks came out to peacefully protest is Antifa came in and they were, I know for a fact that this guy's sister-in-law was peacefully protesting and they, Antifa literally like, uh, all, like all, 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 all this person made off of uh, inside, like, you know, being violent. She got arrested twice. They bailed her out and then she got a free dinner. <laughs> So, but the riots like that didn't, aren't happening in the South. Like the police are like, you know, F you, like we're going to lock all of you up, you know. It's like a parallel universe. Yeah. <laughs> up North, the, the police are soft and the rioters are mental. Well, yeah. So like, in 2016, there, like this guy Sterling got shot. He got popped like 14 times in the chest. He had a gun on him and everything like that. Well, Black Panther, not Black Panthers, Black Lives Matter just came down here and they tried rioting. They shot one of our police. Our police shut the entire city down, arrested every single person on the street. Like, uh, they went into people's homes, pulling them out, like, beating them with batons, like, rubber bulleting them, um, gassing them, just, like, dragging them out by the hair of their head. Like, I'm not joking. So this shit didn't go on for long. Like, that's just, like, that's kind of the difference. Um, blacks only patrol black areas, right? Whites only patrol white areas. So it's not like a mix or anything like that. And the crazy thing is, is black police hate blacks more than white police hate blacks in the south it's really weird and so they don't like you don't see the black lives matter coming down here same thing happened in the 60s you had people you know from the freedom fighters marching in the streets of for the jim crow laws and stuff like that and because of that they were getting beaten by the whites all like the protesters and stuff and then the courts where the police were freaking in like putting them in jail right you know like the what like the beaten in jail simply because they believed you know they didn't believe in, in civil rights and so it was like a huge thing so there wasn't that much attention especially i mean there was a lot of tension but it wasn't like they didn't come down here and riot like they did up north because like blacks started they started hanging blacks like in the during civil rights i don't know if y'all know that or not but like, it got really messy in the south and um so this is mainly focused in like California and in North and like in Chicago, Illinois, New York, those kind of areas, just heavy Jewish areas kind of. So, yeah, um, they like uh, basically wrote a 
a how-to or, or like writing for dummies for these people. And they're the ones that educated the millennials and they're the ones that who have educated the Zoomers and stuff. Evening. Hobbit's finally joined yeah. his own show. Hey, yeah, hello, yes. <laughs> um, I, I would be late to my own funeral. So, oh, uh, 20 grand down. a year to be a fucking knobhead. I wish I got that much. <laughs> <laughs> Do continue, Saz, now Hobbit's made his presence known. So, like, if you if you want to look, like, into, like, their pardons and stuff like that, um, Governor, y'all know who Governor Cuomo is? Yeah. Everyone does everyone know? So Governor Cuomo. Uh, what is he? Is he Republican like, or Democrat? I, I know no, I know the name because and it's usually negative. But is yeah. he a Republican or he's a Democrat? He's a New York he's a New York governor. Yeah. He's the one that uh pushed for Clark's um pardon. Uh and while she was actually in prison, she was able to get like like all these colleges degrees and stuff like that which you have to think of it she was basically fun like she got an education off of taxpayers if you if you think about it all these people who got like arrested and stuff like they took education in college clark was like is somebody who's done a lot of works for like aids and hiv and i think is she the one is she the one that uh was like all about like the lesbians like she was like is it her yeah she's the yeah, she's the one that like supports like the LGBT and lesbian movements and, and stuff like that. It's disgusting. Ocasio Cortez is somebody that's like that is like very she favors like you know it's just like all these really 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 socialist like uh, politicians in America. Literally, like Ocasio Cortez, um, uh, Omar, and all like what is like what is a, the black bitch? I can forget her name. Anyway. <laughs> They were basically like all <laughs> they were basically all educated by these exact same people. And so like, you wonder why are these generations are thoughts think like this? And it's like I know that I literally like I, I daydream about like inflicting harm half the time, like on these just extreme liberals. Like, you know, and I, I have to think for a second, like these people from the time that they were like in middle school all the way through college have been sent to these institutions that have, you know, curve the way that they think and like they they literally think like this and there's nothing that we can do it's like our institutions have become so corrupted and so and plagued by this like marxism these beliefs simply because like our fbi failed to do its freaking job you know and that these people got off like i don't think people understand like how important these people are like whenever you see what their product is like you know like today seem to remember Alex Jones talking about them when Obama got elected because uh, there's, a, there's a connection between the two. And did the Weather Underground do a bunch of bombings in the 60s and 70s? Yeah. This, Largely is, this is what I was talking about, Hemi, about, you know, yeah. about starting over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry about the, yeah. I'll go over it one more time. So obama in 1988 he was like uh in charge of this this foundation called the wood foundation he met thomas ayers who was bill ayers father he had only been like a, an attorney for three years at a very small firm he was just a nobody well in 1995 that is whenever uh tom ayers created this foundation called the cac and it was like in chicago and it was basically 
to um But who's Thomas? Is he, what relation is he to Tom, Bill? Thomas is well, yeah, Thomas is Bill's father. Did I say right, Tom? Okay. So no, a Brock and a, and Bill came up like they kind of like went together in 1995 for this foundation that was created. And it was just bringing socialism into school, bringing equality, like, you know, just really liberalizing it. And um, Obama became the chairman. And this foundation was a $150 million foundation. And so it's just this guy that has no experience with anything like this. Like all of a sudden he gets onto this board and that's whenever his, he kind of becomes known. And then they find out that um, the memories of, or the, the dreams of my father, that book that, Bill, that uh, Obama wrote, actually Bill Ayers wrote it. They live five houses from each other. So they were more than just like, oh, I know who this is. Like, they, like there's like a, a huge thing that's going in that. It's almost like Obama was Ayers' puppet in a sense, you know? And so if you think about 2012 is whenever everything started to accelerate when it comes to like uh, uh, the LGBT, the feminism, um, uh, just this, these these like social reform, like our taxes, like they wanted to do our taxes. They wanted to do law enforcement. They wanted to do laws. They wanted to do healthcare. They all, it's all started to escalate in 2012 when he, right when he got reelected, that's whenever he started pushing all the shit and then all the stuff he was pushing was exactly what Bill Ayers, like, uh, what they wanted, but they I mean, obviously they wanted more extreme Marxism, but they knew that it would take time. I call this political evolution. And the thing was, is what these people realized in the 60s is that they can't do revolution. It has to be like, in a sense, evolution. Like it has to be over time. Like how can we create a revolution or a, an overthrow or a change in a shift in like culture? And they realized that they have to get into the institutions and they have to change their minds and, you know, yeah. and teach Boiling frog situation. That's yeah. One of them, Tom Hayden, <laughs> this is what is so messed up. He's the one responsible for creating the SDS, right? Yeah. He actually, I... for he literally claims, well, you know, if I can't bring around revolution, I should try my, um, I should try to get into, you know, po the political system. So he became a California legislator for 17 years and then a senator. So he changed all the laws. He pushed for all this, this reform and all this stuff for 17 years. And that he literally claimed that he wanted to see how much he can push social change in our institution or in our government by becoming elected. I, it, it blows my mind. And people don't even know who he is. When you mention Tom Hayden, there's maybe a few boomers that might re remember him, but nobody actually remembers him. Did you actually get like, to any it, links with like Tony Blair? Because Tony Blair did the same thing. He pushed he pushed social change as far as he could in the mid nineties. Yeah, I was gonna say, but that was in the mid nineties. But yeah, y'all had y'all had y'all had a few groups. Like the thing is, is that y'all weren't y'all weren't as like rebellious. I don't think. Um, no. Now, oh, let's we can talk about like the other groups. So. It wasn't just in America. They had the Red Army in Germany who were 20 times more extreme than the weather underground. Like, way far, like, far out there. Like, they would just slit people's throat if they could. Like, they were really, really bad. And then you had, like, the... There was, there was a group in the United States we need to talk about. It's called the FALN. They were, like, the Puerto Ricans. Um, so what does that stand for? for Do you know? I can't remember. I think it's freedom. Yeah, uh, it, it's... it's freedom I don't know. It's... 
so this guy is responsible for killing, uh, was it 70, 73 or 93 people and injuring over 100? And uh, I think it was Clinton pardoned him. Or is it Obama? that might have been Obama that pardoned him. Yeah, so this guy, that's what he was responsible for. And, like, he oh, didn't is it have a Puerto Rican organization? Yes. So it's yes. F-A-L-N, N yes. for N-word. Right, yeah, I got it. So it is... I haven't got the Spanish, but it's the Armed Forces of National Liberation. Yeah. It must be something in Spanish. It's, it's Fuerzas Armadas de Liberación Nacional in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. It's easy for you to say. Yeah. Top pronunciation there, boys. Oh, uno biro, por favor. Yeah. Gas on. Yeah. Yeah, so so it is strong. Oh, sorry, Saz, one more. Uh, In January 2017, President Obama granted clemency to Oscar Lopez Riviera. Yeah, that's him. That uh, was Obama. Yeah, he pardoned. He was was responsible for the the bombing of like 73, 93 deaths and like over 100 people injured. Yeah. Yeah. And and then you have like uh, a lot of these other groups. So this, so the Weather Underground actually went and trained with the Cubans. Like the Cubans taught them. <laughs> so they went and they went and met with the North Vietnamese. And they um, like this is they don't have proof of this, but a lot of people claim that the Soviets during this time, because of the Cold War, funded them. Mm. When they became the Weather Underground, they became poor because it was only a group of like fifteen. But whenever they were STS and they were the weathermen, they were they had loads of money running. And now also you have to remember, they would rob banks, they would um, uh, steal from people, take their cars. It didn't matter. Just rob stores. Like, it didn't matter. Like it was they and they got away with it all because of the FBI, you know. And then the Brinks. We talked about the Brinks already. The Brinks bank. Uh, no, we talked about. It. We talked that before we started. Oh, did we? Yeah. So they're like so after like uh like the seventies the This is nineteen eighty one the Brinks robbery is. Yeah. So like the, the group kind of broke up. The four of the members actually got in a uh they killed police officers and stuff and they got into like uh this they went to go rob an armored truck, like a money, you know, like the money trucks or whatever. And police ended up getting shot and so the people got arrested. Well, these people also got pardoned as well. <laughs> But so these were the like, uh, six Black Liberation Army. Mm, no, not for the Brinks. They had it was four members of the Weather Underground. Okay, um, on the, I'm thought. going by the I'm going by the Wikipedia page. Hold on. Yeah, there was a couple of Black. Oh, uh, sorry. People. Yeah, that's the Black. There were six Black Liberation Army. So that sorry, yeah. So there's six six Black Liberation Army. Four of the Weather, weather Underground. They became the May Nineteenth Communist Organization, and that's who carried yeah. out the Brinks robbery. Yeah, I, I honestly like I I know that we probably should talk about, but I don't give a fuck about any black the black movements. Like it's just okay, let's stick, yeah, let's stick to the. It's big enough as it is, isn't it? Yeah, I just I don't I. I they only had a voice simply because these freaking Jews were propping them up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're the, they're the match and dynamite. That's what they are. Yeah. I think this is, this is my little conspiracy theory of why, uh, they killed like Martin Luther King and all these leaders. 
uh, not the government, the the SDS, you know, web underground, because they know this, they know uh, they get rowdy again. I don't think because you said this about twenty minutes ago, says uh, why do the government kill these black leaders? Because yeah. because no, they like this, it won't help them. It would just riot and that. So I, I'd say that it, these well, underground types probably planned that. Because you know they know these blacks. They that's that's why they use them. They're not there because oh, we don't. We well, it was the, well, the FBI is ones that like that supposedly you know the conspiracy that they actually killed Martin Luther King. So yeah. I, if you think like at at this time, like you know the whole idea of you know divide and conquer or whatever. Yeah, you have to. I kind of think of it like that in a sense. Like it was easier for them to control in a sense, even though there was no control whatsoever. It was just a way to get. Um, actually, I, I don't even know how to, to go about it, but I. Just, oh, you also just, need to speak about the Prairie Friar, is it? And that's yeah. That, I thought I mentioned that. That would oh, be the. That's like after they went underground, they did the the Prairie Fire. They actually, this is this is kind of crazy. So what they did is that um, when they went underground, they had this. Uh, uh, what do you well, I'm talking about the book. People? Apparently, there's a book, yeah, Prairie yeah. Fire: The Politics yeah, yeah. of the Anti-Revolutionary and Anti-Imperialism. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they the, the way that they created this book is really weird. So, it's like it took them like months and months and months to make the amount of copies that they had. I think fifty thousand was it fifty thousand copies, or was it five hundred? Forty. Uh, uh, according to Wikipedia, it's forty thousand. Okay, forty thousand copies went out. They made these by hands, like uh, the way that the copy, the, I don't know what it was called, the press, I guess the press machine or whatever, worked. They had to use gloves, and they, they made each page, a copy of each page. It's, it's like I watched like the, like the how they did it because they showed uh, um, when they, they had an interview where they allowed people to come and interview them when they were underground, and they showed them like their, their copy machines and how long it actually took them. And so there's also another... Um, uh, it's like a newspaper that they had. It's like the Osawaka or something, some crazy shit. And they used to, to put out as well. The Prairie Fire was, was, was probably one of the most radical um, manifestos that they had. The others were a bit more relaxed. So it says the uh, Mark Rudd stated the book was an attempt to influence the movement that we had abandoned back in 1969. It, it tried to reach many thousands of new leftists and former left new leftists by saying, don't despair, we're all big part of the same thing. Bill Ayers explains that Prairie Fire was an attempt to sum up our thinking since the Weatherman paper, and, and especially since the townhouse, which is the townhouse explosion. Right. Just big tent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's like the townhouse explosion. What that was about was uh, they had three of the members. Bill Ayers' uh, first girlfriend, well, not first girlfriend, but his girlfriend was blown up in the explosion. Uh, they there were three members. There were Diana Orton, Theodore Gold, and Terry Terry Robbins. I'm yeah. sure you can guess what at least one of those is. <laughs> the early life on at least one of those. Yeah, so they messed up when they were like uh, putting a bomb together, and it. Um, one of them, I got like one of them was in the building but got out. And like it was, uh, it cost millions of dollars. Like they, it collapsed. The entire bill, like house collapsed. Oh shit! It said and, uh, she. She was making. Uh, was it? Uh, Orton was making the nail bomb, and it went off. Fuck. Yeah. That was just we're, okay, absolutely so you, fucking you look, shredded. Yeah. Up. So you look at Boston Marathon bombings, and you think that oh, 
the, the you know, the shrapnel, like in the bombs, like in the pressure cookers. Oh, that's something that they came up with. These weathermen were taught by the Cubans on like how to, you know, like in like in, enact the most damage, right? Like on on like buildings and, and perhaps people, because if, they they really didn't try to kill masses or anything like that. They always bombed the areas where and they would call in ahead and they'd be like, in this amount of time, this bomb's going to go off. So, so do you, so do you think there's a there's a possibility that they may have had some links with the IRA because that's what the IRA oh, do the yeah. the IRA used to do that yeah. as well fight, ringing in um, things didn't they Yeah well this is international struggle for them the whole weather underground yeah. it's they did it with the the IRA and the PIRA provisional IRA government Yeah we'll see that after that but Yeah they, they uh, I think they found like Soviet handbooks uh you know we were talking about the the black guy died in the bed. They yeah. they raided the house. They found like shotguns everywhere. The manuals how to you know, how to do this and that. Uh, so yeah, it's it's more of like an international struggle estate thing. They they visit North Vietnamese, uh, the North Koreans obviously during that time. It's uh, you know united struggle as they say all that bullshit. So yeah, they're they're definitely it's all connected to these groups. These terrorist groups are not like lone wolves. No, I mean, Prairie Fire is still going on today. I don't know if they're going on today, but they went on for ages. Because since 1984, Prairie Fire has been active in the annual International Women's Day celebration that's held on March the 8th in Chicago. And it says in the yeah. 90s, Prairie Fire joined WAC, the Women's Action Coalition, to take direct action against sexism by fighting for women's rights to their bodies and access to women's clinics. Yep. And so, also, um, there was one successful FBI agent that actually infiltrated this group. His name was like Larry uh, Grothwall. Yeah, Grothwall, Grothwally, or Grothwall. Grothwall. And like he grew his hair out. He looked extremely like hippie, right? And he actually was able to like get inside of this group. And he, one of the reasons that we know as much as what we do, is simply because of like his statements and his uh, his reporting. Like the other, the main reason we know that they wanted to to kill whites and they were after you know uh, traditional families and stuff like that. Like that came from from him. From him. Yeah. So he. Uh, so and also there was a there was a a bomb planned to to go to go off and stuff, and because there I think there were people involved or something like that. Like Larry kind of, yeah, I think. I think Larry was like involved in kind of uh, disrupting it from from happening because he saw like the like the the damage that was going to happen to all the people, and so the because they said that it was just his on his account and he as him being a witness like a lot of his testimony and stuff like that his reporting it didn't it wasn't it wasn't relevant basically. Hmm. You also. Didn't he claim that Belez, uh lied about the the bomb involvement as well? He was involved. Oh, yeah, he did. In yeah, one hundred percent. He said that because uh, Bill Air said that he didn't have, he wasn't responsible for the bombing. He didn't have anything to do with it. Yada yada yada. And um, and Larry was like, "You lying asshole!" And he started like going into like exactly what he was responsible for. You have to oh, remember, there's, actually, Bill Air, there's actually a whole Wikipedia page which is um, weather underground actions, all stuff that they've done. Yeah, like I said, remember I told you, I was like, dude, this is just, like, it's so much, there's no way that we can, like, organize it into, like, you know, 
the years of what happened. Yeah, it's just like a big spider, so isn't it? Much. Yeah. It's just so much. Oh yeah, and also they there was this LSD um guy guy that was like he was involved in uh like different countries. Like he was like what you would think of when you see the cartel. He was like LSD cartel seller, okay? And the weather underground for twenty thousand dollars broke him out of prison and like uh sent him to I think Algeria where where he started marching with like the blacks and so yeah. I'll, I'll, do you want me to give you some of the highlights of what they've been up to and then you can jump in if you want uh september the 23rd Catherine ampara and judy judith edith sachs become involved in a plot to arm the bank but the the black panthers as a response to the united states involvement in the bn in the vietnam war um what else they, the group robbed the National Guard armory in Newburyport, Massachusetts, and took four four hundred rounds of ammunition. They also stole weapons and set fire to the facility, causing about one hundred twenty five grand in. I mean, who actually like gets away with fucking robbing the army? That's what I'm. That's what I'm yeah. saying is, yeah. is that isn't it such a coincidence that the FBI illegally bugged these people and all these people got off with all of this crime? Yeah. There's just absolutely no freaking way that this can happen. And they couldn't find out who these people were. This is the, the fucking FBI. Come on. Uh, so, oh, this, this is, is some sort of foul play. They, they, they literally stopped the, like all the Italian gangsters, the mobs, like all this stuff. Like they are the FBI, like stopped that. And you're telling me they couldn't stop just a few radicals. Like, yeah. really? November, November the 8th, 1969 sniper attack on Cambridge police station. Two shots fired Two we weatherman, James Kilpatrick. I'm sure you got something to say about that, you know. And James Reeves were indicted and subsequently released when a witness recanted his testimony. Uh, the Irish at it again. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> there's, there's a lot I, of Irish funny here. Don't uh, underestimate. <laughs> I, I suspect, along with a lot of other people, that there's foul play and corruption afoot in the FBI amongst yeah. other intelligence agencies in the world and we've already, I said, would go so we've already far, said that earlier yeah i i would go so far as to say that they they put the people in power they want yeah. so obama is yeah. there's there's no there's i don't think there's any quibbles over the fact that obama was the candidate they well, selected i mentioned i mentioned it before president. but i saw i saw i think it's it used to be set. What was that documentary channel? I think it might have been the Vice documentary channel. I watched one ages ago. It was on the Chicago elections, and it was like two black candidates going against each other. One of them was like a, a guy who lived around there, and he was kind of moaning about this other guy. I think was Obama. I can't be sure because I don't actually yeah, remember. Is, and he was moaning Obama. about the other guy being parachuted in and being being just like given loads yeah. of money. Yeah, because Obama was born in Hawaii, supposedly. And uh, he was raised in uh, Illinois and Chicago. He represented Chicago. And he was tied in with Bill Ayers way before all this. And we uh, and also, Hava, we already talked about it. I don't know if you were around, but remember um, Watergate scandal? Mm. Hold on a sec. If, if, I, if I whip through a few more of these, then we'll go into Watergate. Walk, I mean, ju just so people know the kind of shit these people were getting away with. Um, February right. 21st, 1970, uh, House of Judge Murtor, who was presiding over the Panther 21 trial, is firebombed with three Molotov cocktails by a WUO cell, WUO cell in New York City. Um, weather Underground organization. Make sure they know that. They, they yeah. kidnapped a few, right? Was it, was it the Weather Underground that kidnapped, or was it the SDS? Uh, I thought that was the I thought that was the Black Movement. 
Police, March 30th, police discover a WUO bomb factory in Chicago's north side. Uh, based on a, April 1st, 1970, based on a tip, Chicago police find 59 60 sticks of dynamite, ammunition, and, and nitroglycerin in, a, in an apartment traced to WUO members. Uh, oh, oh some, two actually got arrested. Uh, I suppose to arrest. National Guard, May 10th, 1970, National Guard is... National Guard is uh, is bombed in Washington, D.C. Nice guys, then. June 6th, 1970, they claim credit for a bombing of San Francisco Hall of Justice. Uh, June 9th, New York City Police Headquarters is bombed by Jane Alpert and accomplices. Uh... Just the shit like they're doing. Bombing of a Marin, Marin County ha- ha- courthouse. Second bombing of Chicago's Haymarket Police Station. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, they bombed a huge bank. The Bank of America, uh, tw- July 28th, 70. Yeah. Bank of America HQ in NYC is bombed around 3.50 a.m. Uh, September 15th, the WUO helps Timothy Leary escape from California Men's Colony Prison. Prison break, yeah, yeah, tr- yeah cringe, $20,000. cringe traffic I... court building, courthouse bombed. Uh, 12 uh, October, around October 12th, eight bomb, bomb explosions occur, five in Rochester, New York, two in NYC, and one in Orlando. Uh, Harvard Center for International Affairs is bombed. Uh, December the 5th, five, we- five weathermen are captured for trying to bomb the first National City Bank of New York. I mean, that they, from when I started from 1970, this is all in one year. Yeah. <laughs> this is all in the <laughs> same year. It's just crazy. Uh, 72, they bombed the Pentagon. Uh, bomb, bomb the office of California prisons. Uh This organisation, with the sort of protection they've got, sounds a lot like Antifa. That's all, that's the whole reason that like I wanted to yeah. do this and show the relevance. Well, when, when you get when you get to the bo- bottom, the further sources on Wikipedia says Antifa. You know, uh, was it uh, similar pro- similar subjects and things? They like have that? A, like Mark uh, Mark Rudd has actually like um, admitted to being a leader and an organizer and a teacher to Antifa. I mean, look at this. May thirty first, nineteen seventy four. The office of the California Attorney General is bombed. And they all say this was was an anti-war uh, movement. This has nothing to do with anti-war. This was like literally trying to throw overthrow our government to create as much chaos and everything that they could. Like January twenty ninth, bombing of the State Department. WUO states this is in response to escalation in Vietnam. Uh, January twenty third, nineteen seventy five, offices of the Department of Defense. I mean, they're not exactly they're not exactly being fucking coy about this, are they? They're bombing some serious, serious fucking targets. You'd think the Pentagon would be heavily, you know, secured all that. Well, you you think you think that a, that an organization like that would be stamped oh, the fuck out if, like, if they attack so, if they attack the Pentagon? So there was one bombing. Okay, so there was one bombing that they did. Where the guy accidentally dropped the bomb, and so he it wasn't like set up right, and they had already called in and everything, and said that like this bomb's gonna go off this time. Then they find out the bomb didn't go off, and so 
They went back the exact next day and set a new bomb to ignite the old bomb. And so it was like even a bigger explosion. Like they walked in the very next day. You think that they'd have like people like there guarding it and stuff. Not absolutely not. These people just walked in just and just set a bomb off in the bathroom. I just found one I missed it in 1969, December the 6th. Bombing of several police Chicago police cars parked in a precinct in precinct parking lot at three three thousand six hundred North Halstead Street, Chicago. It's like they just literally don't give a fuck, do they? No. There's like many, many more bombings. There's over a hundred bombings that they predict they're responsible for. Uh, what's the ROTC? ROTC. Oh, we we looked. We saw that. I. That's when you go into the military in college. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, reserve officers training call. I mean, that's another place yeah. that they bombed as well. Under the steps of the ROTC building. I mean, they were literally like, it, it's like, why has no why, one? Why has no one ever ever heard of these people? And two, why why weren't they stamped the fuck out? I don't think people want you to know about them because they also praised the Manson family because mm -hmm. the Manson family killed Sharon Tate. I was going to say. Uh, uh, Charles Charles Manson was all about accelerationism, and I thought this would tie into the weather underground as well. Thing yeah, I've saying about Manson, let me just break this down to y'all. Everyone thinks that like he was a, a race, uh, he wanted race war and all stuff. He did not become that radical until he went into prison because jail, yeah. he was a narcissist because he needed like a a group to follow him and to worship him. He was pissed off. Because he was supposed to get an album, like go on an deal, album, yeah. yeah, with the Beach Boys, and like he literally camped out for two years on this juice couch, and whenever they said, "Oh, we're not going to give you your record deal," he went and murdered the the Sharon Tate with her little Jewish baby. Well, that well, that's that's because that's because uh, Manson thought Manson thought that's where uh, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys lived, wasn't it? That's that was why. But that's what I'm saying is because mm -hmm. like he wasn't a, he wasn't racist or racially aware anything like that, literally until he went to prison. He was pissed off with the Jew, obviously, and so he wanted to, and so like he he wanted it come to think that it was someone else or whatever. So they like dropped what this is how stupid he is. He, they went and put watermelon in like the bathrooms at like the stores like by her house. I don't know if y'all know that. And they, you know, it's, and they wanted people to think it was black people instead of them. And it was just really stupid. Just, but yeah, they praised Manson. So like that, you kind of know right there with them praising Manson literally means that Manson wasn't, you know, a racist or anything at that time. Because if he was, this group wouldn't have praised him like they did. Oh, this is the only put. I was no. going to say the the only person I've ever heard mention this was Alex Jones, and I just thought to myself, how could the then president of the United States of America be tied to this terrorist group? Oh, and they all nobody, were. Oh, like they all were. All the Democrats. Clinton is the one that pardoned all of them, like lessened their sentence. Like uh, Obama's the one that had like ties. Like the guy wrote his book. He lived five houses from him. So it's like all the, the Democrats, like all the left leaning people. Isn't there a, Adler, they're all associated with them. I see. Isn't there a website which details all the suspicious deaths around the Clintons? Yeah. Probably. It's like they have a body count over like 50 people, I think. 
I know, and I'm just thinking, well, now you tell me that they are affiliated with the Weather Underground. I just like, so in other words, there's been this criminal takeover of the United States, and it's really ramped up in the past few decades. Well, like the last, in, like the end of, of Bill Clinton's presidency, he pardoned like 140 people, and it was all of them, like it was like all the weathermen. Oh yeah, do you want to talk yeah. about Susan Rosenberg because she's she well, she has links I, I to current to current year, doesn't she? Yeah, so I, I want y'all to know something else. The initiation of this group was like fifty people orgies. Like, if you wanted to be a part of this group, they wanted to smash the idea of monogamy. They wanted to smash the idea of having a nuclear family. If you wanted to be in this group, you had to have an orgy. Like, they would be just driving to a destination with like multiple people in the back of the van and just having orgies. There was homosexuality, there was like, uh, you know, it was just all sexual experimentation. And the one that like, uh, like kind of initiated all of it was John Jacobs, who even claims to be like uh, promiscuous and like sexually driven. And the majority of this group, like I said, is 60% Jews and the rest were uh, girls. And only, I think it was like only like not even... No, a small percentage of the girls were Jews, but the other girls they had in there were white. Yeah. Mostly Irish. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, after, it's like a form of bio-Leninism or something. And, yeah, I, I tell you, I'm sorry to keep talking over you, but you're saying about the Irish, right? But you are further vindicated. I saw uh, today this tweet from Keith Woods saying that Oh, Lords of the Rings is just uh, Harry Potter racist, for racists. And wow. I just, after that time, I thought, my God, why couldn't have the Black and Tans taken his kneecaps out? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, they will. The Black and Tans will rise again. The real Black and Tans, mate. The fucking Nigerians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. No, they got that now, haven't they? Well, this is the blueprint for Antifa, you know, you look at this article and it says, uh, you know, anti-imperialist, anti-racist struggle out of that premise came their interrogation. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, would be I wouldn't be surprised. white privilege. I wouldn't be surprised if you found a similar organisation that probably date back to uh, Rosa Parks being on the bus. I watched a documentary on, like, Rosa Parks and the fact of the how the media and, uh, Politicians made it such a big civil rights thing, and she wasn't a po like political at all. She was just, you know, tired of having to give her seat up. And it, she, like, she even admitted, like, she didn't do this for a political thing, like, or anything like that, or for change. She was just damn tired of of whites. You well, know, apparently the thing was up. that uh, the way I heard it was that. Um, she wasn't the first person to try the bus trick. They, they mm -hmm. had people all over the place so they could see which one kind of took off as the face of yep. it. Mm -hmm. So it's Rosenberg. Um, let me. I'll read this to you. Um, so she, uh, she, she like uh, landed a position at an elite liberal arts college in upstate New York. Uh, she was like the professional head of the Kirkland Project and study for gender, society, and culture. A lavishly funded social justice readout in at a college. Uh, she redefined an artist in residence position to an activist in residence position. Oh, you know, that, no, my bad. I'm, I read, misread that. Nancy Rabin, Rabin, whatever her last name is Jewish. 
she was the head of the Kirkland Project study for gender, yada, yada. But she changed the artists in residence to activists in residence position in order to hire Rosenberg. So then Rosenberg's given like uh, lectures at Yale, Stanford, Georgia University, Washington, Columbia, Rutgers, Brown University, New York University, University of Michigan, University of Massachusetts, uh, CUNY Graduate Center, uh, Duke University. And she's, like I said, she's also, uh, she sits on the current, the Thousand Currents Fund, which is a Marxist socialist uh, justice, uh, like, uh, foundation that funds all these, like, socialist organizations. Like, 100% there's ties to Black Lives Matter. Black and Lives she Matter. sits on top of it. And when she was released, she was released and she became the, the communications director of American Jewish World Service. And so the reason that she was released anyways is because Nadler, and like Nadler, our um, uh, our congressman, the one that looks like the penguin from Batman, I said earlier, mm -hmm. him and Cuomo were pushing for her release and like kind of pushed President Clinton into. Uh, well, it's not. Him. It's not only her because I've found in here it says uh, Rosenberg was one of the first two inmates at the high security unit in high security isolation unit in the basement of the Federal Correctional Institution, currently the Federal Med Medical Center in, Ke in Lexington, Kentucky. Allegations were made that UNIT was an experimental underground political prison that practiced isolation and sen sensory deprivation. The women were subject to 24-hour camera, camera surveillance and constant strip searches and were given only limited access to visitors or exercise. After touring the unit, the, the American Civil Liberties Union denounced it, denounced it as a living tomb and Amnesty International called it deliberately and gratuitously oppressive. After a lawsuit was brought by the ACLU and other organisations, the unit was closed by a federal judge in 1988 and the prisoners transferred to regular cells. I thought that, that was um, Timothy Blunk that was uh, put in the political prison for it like 13 years. It says one of one of she was one of the first two inmates. So okay, he, so it must could... have been her and uh, Timothy Blunk yeah. then. Yeah. But it's it's so, it's funny how the ACLU and the Amnesty International can come together for something like this. Yet James Fields, which is an obvious like political prisoner, no, it, it's crickets, isn't it? Oh, Dylan Roof too. Let's just say that. I'm just, I'm just joking. Haha, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she got educated. Like she lived. She left prison with a master's degree. Like that's where she got her education, and that's how she. Thinking. Think of this. Okay. What in the hell, like a master's degree in, in, in prison? What do you, where do you think that kind of job, like that kind of education is going to land you? Like, where, where would you think? Probably some like shit ass school, community college or something like that? No, no, no. She gets in one of the most prestigious colleges in the United States. Washington, they, Columbia. Yeah, no, she had, I think it was Hamilton. Oh, she she got uh, a good jo she got a jo good job after yeah. release. She became the communications yeah. director for the American Jewish World Service. <laughs> I said that. That's, that's a coincidence, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. She like uh yeah, so if you if you only knew what like what her, her stance was, it was it's so like leftist, like Marxist. She was one of the main ones who like dreamed of this Marxist revolution and one of the ones heavily involved in all the bombings and stuff like that. She was she was the one that was caught um with uh uh, with dynamite and small arms, I think it was, she was like sentenced for like 59 months in jail. No, 58 years in jail. And uh, she had 640 pounds of explosives. 
like enough to level in a complete city. Mm. Yeah, and so um, she only serves, what was it? I don't know how many, I think it was, uh, yeah, like 13, 16 years, that was it, and she was pardoned. She was released. Uh, wasn't Clinton, no, Clinton reduced her, her yeah. 40 year sentence to 16, and then she yeah. got out even earlier. Oh, <laughs> Jesus it's just you see what I mean, and this Bill Clinton's the guy you, uh, you know, talk shit about Obama having connections to Bill Ed, and yet he, he pardoned the the type of people <laughs> that Obama, you know, is supposed to be affiliated with. It's just it's all fucking corrupt. It's uh, the more the more we got into this size, we was like, this is just depressing. Now there's, there's actually a whole wi- there's a whole Wikipedia page on Bill Clinton pardon controversy. So. Nice. Um, so he commuted the sentence of 16 members of the FALN, which we spoke about earlier. Uh, who else? Uh, let's see. So whilst you're doing that, uh, Linda is there Evan, any link? Yeah, Linda Evans and Susan Rosenberg. Evans served 16 years of her 40 years sentence and Rosenberg served 16, year, 16 of her 58 years. <laughs> Yeah. This asshole is just like circling. Anyways, um, so Linda, Evans, <laughs> Linda Evans was um is was actually the the person that was uh, advocated for inmate rights and uh, was she serves like a uh, as a peer in the AIDS counselor in education, and she helped raise funds for programs for like lesbian and women women shit. So that was Evans. That's also one that um, Clinton pardoned Evans and Rosenberg at the same time. So are there links between Antifa and uh, the Weather Underground? Because I don't know when they came about. I'm assuming it was in the 1930s. There are definite links between the Weather Underground and BLM because uh, Susan Rosenberg, uh, where is it? She sits on the foundation. She sits on the Thousand Currency Foundation. That fund. The headline. The headline of the story I found is donations to BLM are funneled through Democrat-related Act Blue and handled by organization led by Weather 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 Underground terrorist group. What's up, Thousand Currency? The Thousand Currency program or uh, foundation, and you'll see like just all of the the, so, the Marxist and socialist like groups that they fund. This is what it's called. It's the Thousand Currency Foundation. If you look that up, yeah. She was also found, she was the one that was found in her apartment with uh, all the evidence to target the U.S. Capitol building, the National War College, the Navy Yard Computer Center, the Navy Yard Officers Club, Israeli Aircraft Industries, the FBI and the New York Patrolman's uh, Association, and was found guilty of all those charges. So this isn't just like something like, oh, maybe she's guilty, maybe she's not. You know, it's just... And then I think she oh, was the about, one that was involved in the murder in the Brinks armor that killed the two police officers. How about this this line from her imprisonment? Convicted of explosives possession in 1984, she received a 58-year sentence, which was six times the national average for such offences. Her lawyers contend that had the case not been politically charged, Rosenberg would have received a five-year sentence. Well, I literally just blown everybody away with that comment. 
No, it's just <laughs> it's it's a lot. Like, uh, yeah, we haven't really talked about Bernadine Dore. Like, that is Bill Ayer's wife. She was all she was the main female in the SDS and the Weathermen and the Weather Underground. Yeah, because they adopted. Uh, they adopted the Boudin child, the Boudin child, who the yeah. child who is Jewish, Kathy Boudin and the and her husband. The, she was the one that died in the the fire. Anyways, uh, Gilbert, his name is uh, uh, Gilbert David. They, no, David Gilbert. He's he married Kathy Boudin. They had a son together, right? And the heirs adopted the son, and now that son is a uh, congressman. I think they said in California, or no, he's a district attorney in California now. District attorneys in America are the ones that uh, that look over the court system, and like if you're like a major, uh, if you've committed a major crime, murder, any of that stuff, they're the ones that like look into the case. Like Soros is the ones that like have bought our district attorneys, like in Philadelphia, New York, and San Francisco, and Minneapolis, all these like really liberal areas that let off uh, anything that has to do with like black on white murder. Like there was a case in Philadelphia, a really good looking guy, like an accountant, a white guy was just stabbed and like the guy that did it was on went on facebook bragging about it laughing making a rap about it well he gets brought to the court you know court and the district attorney just let him off the hook because he said oh it must have been racism that district attorney was bought by soros and i'm almost positive the boudin child was also um probably funded by soros but yeah, that was Bill and Ayers. They have two other kids who are heavily involved in activism as well. And they're extremely wealthy, like really, 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 really wealthy. So I suppose the question which you asked yourself as well is, is there anybody in the United States government now which is not part of this criminal organization? <laughs> there don't seem to be many that haven't got the taint on them. The craziest thing is that it's everybody thought, you know, Hoover was so corrupt because like he had filed on every single person and none of like the, like the FBI didn't really get, um, corrupt until his death. Oh, until shit. I've, just, I've just found out about, you know, the Boudin child is that his name's actually Chesa or Chesa. <laughs> Boudin entered St. Anthony's college, Oxford on a Rhodes scholarship in 2003. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm so glad that the Rhodes Scholarship is used to fund terrorism. Yeah, yeah. At Oxford, he earned two master's degrees, degrees one in forced migration and the other in public policy in Latin America. Yeah. And now he is the one that is um, in, he's a district attorney, right, in California? Uh, he began work at the San Francisco Public Defender's Office as a postdoctoral fellow in 2012. So yeah, he's work he's working in the office. I'm not quite. Sh yeah, he's district attorney now. Oh, 2019. In the 2019 election, okay. Budan was elected San Francisco district attorney. Attorney. Here's a matching video. Oh, shut the fuck up, Google. Your Google is really invasive. <laughs> I know it's fucking Ab aggressive. Obama's on to you, mate. <laughs> I. It's just oh, yeah. literally like the most noisy. Oh no! Fuck off. So okay, so you you have Bernadine Dore, right? She retired from Northwestern Law in 2013. She is like an attorney and a professor. Well, she was an attorney and a professor at Northwestern School of Law. She also worked for Children's Rights. So you have to understand. Well, what do you mean Children's Rights? Right? Like children's independence, all this other stuff. Like what else in the current like era? Do children are, are being battled like Not in our it. court system with children? Can you, you know, the whole random. transgender you thing? That, 
I guarantee you she is like on top of that shit. Or she was. I Look guarantee it. Okay, Google. They're probably running wild with this shit, so. It's weird. That's Bernadine Dore, and she was she was on the FBI's top ten most wanted list for like three years. Turn the volume down. Yeah. On it. <laughs> the, it, who would thought you can get away from that? So like the her father, so like whenever her her family came here, they were Polish Jews. I remember reading this. Um, they were, you know, and from like the the late eighteen hundreds to like the early like nineteen twenties, because like America put like an anti-immigration law, like especially on Jews from nineteen twenty like and onward. Um, it was like uh, they were very like particular about who was able to come here. Well, her dad changed their last name to some. It was something Stein. I remember that to Door, so they could see appear less Jewish. Yeah, typical trick. That is. Oh, have you seen? Have yeah. you seen the stuff about um, Chesa Boudin's uh, career as as DA of San Francisco? So Boudin Wait. campaigned for DA on a D, on a decarceration platform eliminating cash bail establishing a unit to re-evaluate wrongful convictions and refusing to assist immigration customs enforcement with raids and arrests um yeah what else what else he's done so he was sworn in as uh, so he was sworn in two days after being sworn in he fired six prosecutors uh, he announced the first implementation of, a, implementation of a primary caregiver diversion program authorised by SB394. I don't know what that is. Uh, he, he, he fulfilled a key campaign promise by eliminating cash bail and replacing, replacing it with a risk-based system in which prosecutors evaluate whether or not a defendant poses a threat to the public as safety. As condition for their pre-trial release, so basically you just got rid of bail, bail, and then it's like, oh, does this bloke look like a good lad? Oh yeah, he looks all right. So let's let him go. Yep. Uh, he suspended um, the process of prosecuting Jamaica Hampton, a man who was sh who was shot and seriously injured in an altercation with police, during which he was captured in body camera footage striking an officer with a liquor bottle. This was characterised in some press reports as dropping charges. However, Alex Bastian, spoken, spokesman for the DA's charges, said, DA's office said charges had not yet been filed. So they dropped charges. Uh, and then... Uh, so Boudin also announced his office would no longer seek charges for contraband found during pretextual traffic stops and would not charge status enhancements that, that increase jail sentences, such as those imposed for gang membership or having three strikes. So there you yeah, go. I don't, I don't, so basically, I basically he's just installed fucking anarchy, hasn't he? Well, he's everything that is that uh, his, his adopted parents or his dad and his mother believed yeah. in, he's carried out. Yeah. It's like a, a thing like that. He's been, they've been trained. Mm. Uh, so they're in our they're in our our institutions, they're in our politics now because of their education from these people. A lot of like the newer ones coming in. So I know that most people hate like uh, you know, conservative boomers and I know I do, because they're like conservative boomers in my era are racist against everybody, except for like the Jews, they just don't really care that much. But they're not gonna say anything against them. And so when these people die, like it's going to go every state's going to go so blue. Because of like the education and uh, the demographics, it's not even the demographics. Like, 
a lot of people think that like whites are like the whole 56 meme or whatever it is. Whites are still like 70 something percent of the population. And the only reason that it's gone down is because like, you know, other groups have come in. Right. And so not all these groups are able to even vote at the moment. They're going to be able to. I and mean, if you want to be black pill, just take a look at your uh, local elementary school and look at the mixture of uh, brown to white. Yeah, see, that's why. That, yeah, that, 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 man, I'm just going to say, I went to an all-white public school, not one black person in my entire town. My, like, it was like 96% in my parish, and I live in a 33% African-American state. So like a lot of states, especially in the South, like the, they, it's segregated. And then it's segregated in the, the Northwest mountain areas. I think and, you have the advantage that, from experience, uh, your your peers have understood the necessity of segregation. Whereas, where it's being foisted in these areas where that didn't happen, well, people because don't. Liberal, that's because of liberal politics and stuff like that. So, down in like where I'm from in like Northwest Mountain area, it's so red. Even though we have these large populations of blacks and stuff, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like it stayed red. It's going to remain red for like for a while. And so, like, in our areas, like, because the federal government is not in charge of police, like, that's a local, uh, like, local legislation. Like, it has to be passed states by the states. It's never going to change. Like, and they can, like, defund the police all they want in these heavily democratic areas. That's fine. We'll still have standard ground laws. We'll still have gun laws because all that stuff is, is local. You know what I mean? Like, it's the federal government can't, like, change that unless they change the federal government's laws. And see, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that they're going to, like, you know, abolish, like, like something, like, to do with our Constitution or the amendments. And so it'll be um, on a federal level. But right well, now, they, like, that's not it. They've already like, found... Boomer, Boomer died, this they've, is done. It's done they've, already, they've already found a way around it, though, haven't they? You just find some way of farming it out to a private organisation. And uh, and and all the all the conservative pundits will all say, say, okay, won't they? Yeah, but, like... That's uh, that you're talking about. What happened in California? Like, um, it's gotten so bad in San Francisco with like the homeless and stuff, and the police because they've been mistreated so bad, they don't even really patrol the areas, and they're not allowed to touch the homeless or the Mexicans. Well, I was, I was, like talking, I was talking more like, about free, freedom of speech. All, all they've all they've done oh. is that all they've done with freedom of speech is they've they've farmed it out to Google and Google oh, and yeah. YouTube it's, and said and said that they're they're, they're violent, yeah yeah. yeah algorithms yeah. yeah yeah and um well there's actually been a bill put in place by some uh i think uh Mal i know matt gates has been working on it and like uh who he's my i know he's one of my favorite politicians i know i'm not supposed to like politicians but like he's the one that actually invited a holocaust denier to trump's state of the union address <laughs> he's the one that's like extremely anti-immigration like i remember on his twitter he's like if immigrants and refugees are a gift can we return to sender like, <laughs> like he's the one that like just like he's younger and stuff like that and um he, I think, I think it was him that uh, put a bill out for the, um, because it, like the Republicans are the ones that put like these like Google and all these like huge organ like these corporations to be able to do whatever the fuck they want, you know. And so I think it's Matt Gates and a few other Republicans are like, what are what are y'all doing? Like, look at how they're they're we're gonna lose the election simply because Google and YouTube and all these people are allowed to silence, you know, like our views. And so it's like it's starting to, to, to show. But, I mean, they're not, they're not going to have it because they don't have uh, pool in Congress. They can present as many bills as they want. Nothing's going to change because there's the majority Democrat. You know? Yes. I, I, I mean, I, 
that whilst that's true uh, of your stuff, I, I keep thinking to myself in uh, other sort of countries, like I, I'm sure we all seen the photograph of that primary school in Ireland, and they're all blacks, and there's just like one or two white faces in Ireland. You know the 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 land of potato. Potato. <laughs> really, I didn't, I wonder what like a black with an Irish accent even sounds like. It's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> and you can oh. always tell. You can always tell when it's like a, a black or a, like a Muslim, like a Pat Muslim uh, Englishman. You can always tell. They always have that like London ghetto accent. I think with the uh, with the unless they're from Birmingham, but to be honest, all the urbanites sound similar to me. Uh, I, the one the ones in Irish, they're still fresh off the boat, so they don't really have any Irish lilt to their voice, even if they do speak English. Yeah, they're like uh, so in North uh, North Dakota. I went into this like bit of an like an autistic uh, rabbit hole kind of on like what state is the best state at the moment. And so I looked at like crime, I looked at unemployment, I looked at um, majority of being white, you know, red, um, just like on and on and on, like so much shit. And when it comes to like the states that are like have the most of those things, um, it was like North Dakota and Iowa. And then like a year later, North Dakota starts importing like they start importing Somalians into north dakota and so now it's like uh it's 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 gone down from having like a lot of these like the better things you know about it and then they started importing uh somalians and all these other kind of people into maine yep lewiston yeah and uh i it's just i i don't i i just i'm i'm i am happy i it's just really like i shouldn't say this because like you know i'm part of the united states and i shouldn't wish like this bad shit I cannot fucking wait until like Vermont, you know, where Bernie Sanders is from and like where uh, Elizabeth Warden's from and like all of these really, really liberal, just elite, like Yankee states, like they just start getting a dose of their own medicine because we've had to live around Nogs for how long? You know, like we understand what they're like. like. We have the experience. I can't wait for these states to be able to experience the same shit that we have to go through. I can't wait because you know what? They're gonna have guards at their freaking uh, their their gates and everything. It's just gonna be crazy, and I can't freaking wait. Wish it happened faster, but it's happening. So they can't bring them into like any more like the South because our welfare system's a bust right now because of how much welfare we're having to put out for them. You know. But anyways, we can go back to this if you want. Yeah, know. where we're we gonna pick up. Um. Let's see. Um, I have no idea. Uh, mm. Let's see. There's so. Did we go over Jonathan? Wait, oh, Jonathan Cazal. Oh yeah, he's like an. He's he's. Was Jonathan Cazal was I was a, an underground or a part of the SDS as well, and now he's like an author and an educated education activist. Um, let's just go through these people. Brian Flanagan. That's is that is Flanagan? That's a that's Irish, huh? <laughs> I don't know, mate. You tell me. Yeah. Is Doug he Jewish or Irish? Douglas Murdoch, but I can't find a I can't find a page for him. I've got a list of like Weather Underground members. Michael Doesn't Mike Riley. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> 
I watched a documentary at Flanagan last night. Um, that he wait, he's a half Irish, half Jew, huh? Uh, it just says he's Irish American. Just says he's so he's full Irish. Irish. Both both his parents are Irish. Apparently, his father was an advertising ex- executive, and his mother a teacher, stockbroker, and antique dealer. It says uh, since the age of eleven or twelve, <laughs> he came to admire Fidel Castro. So this is early. This shit was happening early for him. Yeah, Flanagan was actually... Oh, Days of um, Rage. I've seen Days of Rage a lot. Do we know... Yeah, Days of Rage was... um, After Fred Hampton's murder, they they started uh, trying to to organize this, like, huge meet with all these these black leaders and these uh, communists and stuff like that. They predicted that there'd be like over a hundred thousand people, but it was only a hundred and fifty people that showed up. And they went fucking ham on on the police. It was the the whole organiz- like the whole thing was to uh, attack the police, right? Like that's all it was. And people ended up dying, and it was just a complete. It's just what like it's identical to what's happening in Minneapolis. Like I'm telling you, it's like identical. Like Days of Rage is happening like right now in like these these areas where they're just attacking police for the fuck of it. I mean that's what it was about. Days of Rage ended up killing a few people. A few officers ended up getting beaten and injured. And I don't remember how many got killed. This is 28 policemen injured. Uh, yeah. Six women were shot by the police, and sixty-eight rioters were arrested. So it's over four days. It occurred over four days as well. Yeah. And October the eighth to the eleventh of what year is that? Uh, sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. Yeah, and it wasn't as as big as what they had hoped, and so it was just like one hundred and fifty of them. Fucking hell. Uh, you seen this one? Uh, uh, on October the 6th, 1969, the statue commemorating the policeman killed in the 1886 Haymark- Haymarket affair in Chicago was blown up. The blast broke nearly 100 windows and scattered pieces of the statue onto the Kennedy Expressway below. No one was ever re- arrested for the bombing. The we- weatherman found itself isolated from the STS but maintains hopes thousands would attend the mass demonstration in Chicago. Yep. So, like, the blowing up of statues, you know, monuments and stuff like that. Yeah, it's not new, is it? No. Which, what's going on right now, because they're not using bombs or anything, you know, I don't, like, it's like they, cha- it's like they changed their, their tactics in a sense, you know, of, like, what will really work? Like, how can we actually get, uh, reform or, you know, like a, like the culture to change to Jesus Christ hold on a sec he said uh, so they're talking about finally at 1025 um, the police counterattacked. so more than 1000 police counterattacked. the Washington DC contingent successfully reached the hotel's front drive but before any 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 attempt to gain entrance to the hotel could be made an unmarked mark park an unmarked car pulled up to the curb and began firing revolvers into the group of about 15 unarmed rioters. Although many rioters had motorcycle or football helmets on, the police were better trained and armed. The nightsticks were aimed at necks, legs, groins, groin shots, ripped flesh. 
Large yeah, amounts of tear gas were used, and at least twice police ran squad cars yeah. full speed into the crowds. After only, after only half an hour or so, the riot was over. 28 policemen were injured, none seriously. Six weathermen were shot, none fatally, and an unknown number of injured in other ways, and 68 rioters were, were arrested. Jacobs was arrested also, also immediately. That was the first day of it. Yeah. John J Jacobs was like the the one that wrote, "You don't need a weatherman to tell you which way the wind blows." He was mm -hmm. like the the sexual issue, mm -hmm. the brave one. Um, him and Mark Rudd were the ones that wanted to 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 kill off all the whites as well. Yeah, bring down honky America, as he said. Yeah, Mark Rudd was like influenced by Marx and, and Freud. So on, so the next day on the ninth, they sent a women's militia of around 70, 70 women in there. Uh, nothing, I don't think anything really. That night, the, oh, uh, so at the end of the, uh, at the end, end of October the 9th, that night, the weatherman, the weatherman un, un, uncovered a police informant. It was then severely beaten by one member of the group. The assailant who immediately appeared on wanted posters became the first member of the weatherman to go underground. Uh, so... On the 10th, they did an interracial march through a Spanish-speaking part of Chicago. So on the 11th, which was the last day, uh, the weathermen attempted to re regroup and reignite the direct action. About 300 protesters marched swif swiftly through the loop, Chicago's main district business district, watched over by a double line of heavily armed police, led by J Jacobs and the other weatherman members. The protesters suddenly broke through the police line and rampaged through the loop, smashing windows of cars and stores. However, the police were ready and quickly sealed off the rioters. Within 15 minutes, more than half of the crowd had been arrested, one of the first again being Jacobs. So, and then a byline on it is Richard Elrod, a city attorney, was paralysed after he attempted to tackle weatherman member Brian Flanagan. Elrod accused Flanagan of attacking him, while Flan Flanagan maintained that Elrod simply hit a concrete wall. Yeah, hit a concrete wall. And oh, sorry, I missed this line out. Flanagan was charged with attempted murder and other crimes, but was acquitted on all accounts. FBI. Yeah. His FBI ties to Watergate. Oh shit! Yeah, the weatherman later produced a song mocking Elrod, which was a par parody of Bob Dylan's "Lay Lady Lay," including the lines "Lay Elrod Lay, Lay in the street for a while, Stay Elrod Stay, Stay in your bed for a while." Bastards. Yeah, they're like uh, I think it was didn't they? I think it was Jacobs that was so that knew every single word to every single Bob Dylan song. Oh, it was literally they were, they were like there was a song by the Beatles. I don't know if you know it called Revolution. Yeah. And uh, that was that the the Beatles. They were trying to get like these like at that time celebrities to fund them, and so the Beatles literally went on like in the song talks about, you know, we can't send you money, but we can you know bring awareness by if it's by voice or by you know our opinion through music, and so the Jewish British invasion of America was for, you know that's where a lot of this influence came from. So it was like the there wasn't well, who was was it Siegel was that who it was um, Siegel yeah yeah Siegel had a song that was uh, that in, like really heavily influenced one of them too and that was the whole reason that they got into this like I forget who it was that they influenced but it mainly came from the the pop media of the sixties the music it was all about like drugs experimentation and all that shit mm. thanks England.
You've got other Rolling Stones as well. Yeah. Health products of the Tavistock Institute. I mean, it's 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 worth looking into the session musicians, which uh, did did stuff for the Beatles. Yeah, we need to also, we need to do an episode on the Tavistock Institute, don't we? In that. Yes. Yeah. I got. I have a list right here. It was like Bob Dylan, Joan Baez, uh, Jimi Hendrix, Jefferson Airplane. Um, and, well, Hendri- and Hendrix wasn't famous in in America, was he? He was famous in England uh-huh. and then came back came back fire. Yeah. He was famous in America and then came. He was not famous in America, but then he went to England, became famous, and then went back again, didn't he? Yeah, it's got to have that that you know. I'm going to also point out <laughs> the Beatles, obviously from Liverpool, and what kind of ethnic group dominates <laughs> Liverpool? <laughs> John Lennon. <laughs> Paul McCartney, McCartney, George, uh, no, George Harrison's not. Yeah, he's English. Harrison's pretty Anglo, isn't it? And well, Ringo just looks Jewish as fuck. Oh, I was uh, going to say Starkey, isn't it? His what, name. What's his name? It's something Starkey, isn't it? Hmm. Richard Starkey. Richard Starkey. That's that. Sir Richard. Sorry, Sir Richard Starkey. Yes, he got knighted for his contributions of his voice in Thomas the Tank Engine. My favourite one. Have you ever heard of that? Heard about that conversation between? I can't remember. It was it was the Beatles manager and somebody else, and someone said, "Is Ringo the best best drummer in England?" And, so, and that person said, and uh, the manager said, uh, "He's not even the best best drummer in the Beatles." Yeah. <laughs> Oh. There was like songs by I don't know who the Small Faces were. Yeah, that's not heard of that. That's where that's just the group that Rod Stewart came from. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the one thing I know about the Small There's Faces. Like uh, La La, wait, um, Ichibu or something. Like, I forget what it's called. Ichibu, Ichiku, or something. Ichiku Park. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's just it's Ichiku. It was Ichibu or something like that. And then they have the. Um, La 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 Lee, that song, and then they have like Tin Soldier. Lazy Sunday. Yeah, Lazy Sunday. They the the lead singer I think died from an overdose. Oh, I've got I've got a uh, I've got a fun fact about Lazy Sunday that uh, apparently Oasis used to sing a sing a song to blur to the tune of like La- Lazy Sunday. It was wouldn't it be nice to be a fucking cockney? Wouldn't it be nice to be in fucking blur? <laughs> Yeah, this is a sad thing. Like, I love the '60s. Like, I I love the Yardbirds, Status Quo. I like uh, Buffalo Springfield. Like, I love all of them, and they were all so like anti-establishment, um, communist, and Marxist. And it's just it makes me sad. But they were an excellent, they were incredible musicians. So right, so we've done Days of Rage. What else? What what have we missed? That I'm sunburned and it's hard to think. Yeah, I had uh, I had heat stroke earlier. <laughs> I was going to sit in the van with the aircon on for a bit. Oh, I don't blame you. I I, I did some uh, manual labour today, shifting heavy boxes, and uh, yeah, yeah, that wasn't fun. Hmm. I, I want to mention uh, Che Guevara, who had links to Weber Underground. Obviously. They got their training from Cuba, but yeah, he is half Irish as well and Argentinian. So uh, another remember, British ally. Remember, boys and girls, but smash that, uh, smash that early life. Are they Irish? <laughs> I'm, so, I'm uh, getting a feeling with 
uh, was it Ernesto Che Guevara? He, he he was a doctor, but he liked murdering people. I don't think he really believed in the Hippocratic Oath. No. <laughs> so if uh, what the the big the big things on the Wikipedia page are Flint War Council. So that's meetings. Is that important? Yeah. Um. Oh, actually, I don't know. Uh, New York City arson attacks in 1970. That was when they bombed the justice that we mentioned earlier, John M. Murtor. Uh, Columbia University, they always did. They also did. And then... Greenwich Townhouse. That the same... I don't think... Is that the same year, is it? The Townhouse. Greenwich Village Townhouse explosion, March 6, 1970. Yeah. That's what made them all go underground. That's what led for the break, like to the shift of going underground, is when that explosion happened. Oh, how about this one? The site of the village explosion was the former residence of Charles Merrill, the co-founder of the Merrill Lynch brokerage firm, and the childhood home of his son James Merrill. James Merrill memorialised the event in his poem, 18, 18 West 11th Street, the address of the Brownstone Corner House. I gotta Google something real quick. Um, Basically then, the same as Antifa. Yeah, yeah. Only a fuck ton more more organised, aren't they? Yeah. Unless 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 the reason for like being less organised is that so that it appears less organised. That's why they own the media, you know, because the media talks about this all the time. You'd think it was going on everywhere, but it's only really going on in Seattle right now. Oh, how about this? Else. In September 1970, the group accepted a $20,000 payment from the largest international psychedelic drug distribution organization called the Brotherhood of Eternal Love. Uh, are we get are we guessing that they that they 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 the initials of the founders are C I and A to pre yeah. to to break LSD advocate timothy leary out of a california prison in san luis obispo north of santa barbara california and transport his wife to algeria him and his wife to algeria where leary joined eldridge cleaver i think i already mentioned that yeah, yeah. i've already mentioned the breakout it's just um the interesting was uh, rumours also circulated that this is the bit the the funds were donated by an internationally known female soak, soak, folk singer in Los Angeles or by Elephant's Memory which was John Lennon's backup band in New York City and was a factor with the attempted deportation of Lennon who had donated the bail money for radical groups mm. go on Ian yeah. I've, I've given you an open door to bash, bash the Irish some more Ah, it, it all leads to them. The Jew is a conspiracy, mate. The Irish is the real question. Yeah, yeah. The greatest, the greatest trick, the the greatest trick the Irish ever pulled was that was convincing people they were powerless. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But you know what I mean. People show that the Anglo, obviously, like hanging money in front of a Jew and a Jew hanging a bow in yeah. front of American. The Irish is all behind that, mate. So, in other words, Father Ted was just a clever ruse to make us think, oh, those Irish are all right. <laughs> I actually liked Father Ted. That was kind of funny. 
so did I. That's that's why it was so effective as propaganda. I'm just like, oh, look at these crazy Catholics. Oh, they're just like you and I. <laughs> so I hear you're racist now, Father. What got you into that sort of thing? Dancing Dove is a psyop. <laughs> you, you get brought in by a beauty, but she's a fucking demon. <laughs> <laughs> Never trust a paddy. Yeah. Fact. There we go. So, uh, COINTELPRO yeah, so gets invented. Donnie, do you know what COINTELPRO is? Because COINTELPRO yeah, hooks into this, doesn't it? You know, the whole, the whole gay op of everything being controlled. You know, you control this, uh, you know, this revolution, you know, this uh, counterculture of the 60s. You know, people thought it was spontaneous and all these artists, you know, they're basically funded by the government, you know? And it leads directly into this stuff. But this is actually quite interesting. Have you ever heard of the Citizens Commission to the to investigate the FBI? Because what? 1971. Yeah, yeah. That's they break into an FBI op office in Medi in Media, Pennsylvania. So they they the group the group stole files with several hundred pages. The files detailed the targeting of civil rights leader, labor rights organizations, and left wing groups in general, and included the document documentation of acts of imitate intimidation and disinformation by the FBI and attempts to erode public support for those popular movements. By the end of April, the FBI offices were to terminate all files dealing with left leftist groups. The files were part of an FBI program called COINTELPRO. Yeah, uh, I actually had that pulled up right here. I was reading that earlier. Um, mm. Let me get to it. Um, no, it doesn't matter, but I was reading that earlier. Yeah, Hoover dissolved it in 71. Yeah. So it says here, so after the church committee we revealed the FBI's illegal activities, is the, is the, is the church committee relevant to... Um, I, I think it only is because many agents were investigating. In 1976, former FBI associate director W. Mark Felt publicly stated he had ordered break-ins and that individual agents were merely obeying orders yeah. and should not be punished for it. That's whenever, whenever he went on trial in front of the grand jury and stuff, that is whenever he announced that he was, uh, he was deep throat because that's what they called yeah. him during uh, the Nixon investigation. And that's when it came out that it was him. And then his wife ended up committing suicide. And I think his, his daughter was like, uh, left their house like when she was like 18 and she like was a hippie and stuff. And then so like once his, his wife killed herself, he went on to live with his daughter and like raise her child and stuff like that. It's really sad to be honest. Like he'd given everything to the FBI. Like well, that's, felt, that's all it mattered to him. Well, well, felt also, also threw shade the acting director's way, you know, the guy, cause, cause, uh, was it, was it, you said you, you thought felt was doing it because he, he'd been passed over. So felt yeah, also, so felt also stated that acting director L. Patrick Gray had also had also authorized the break-ins, but Gray denied this. Felt said on TV, CBS TV, CBS television program Face the Nation, he said that he he would probably be a scapegoat for the bureau's work. Yeah. See, all that's why I'm just so I'm so um. Just, it's such a coincidence. I think these people get off like now, like they're 
they are the ones that are funding like uh, all these radical leftists that are getting into our political movements. Like the foundations that they're in charge of and everything, it, it donates to their programs and stuff that get them elected. Everybody oh, so thinks it's just the lobbyists and just the Jews that are like these people in place. It's not. Speaking, speaking of not, not facing charges, so the Attorney General in the new Carter administration, Griffin B. Bell, investigated on t- t- April 10th, 1978, a federal grand jury charged Felt, Edward S. Miller and Gray with conspiracy to violate the constitutional rights of American citizens by searching their homes without warrants. The case did not go to trial and was dropped by the government for lack of evidence on <laughs> December 11th, 19th. Have you ever seen so many dropped charges as, as surround this law? <laughs> Thing. like mark felt should have had his cases dropped like they these people the, like the fbi didn't have any any way of catching these people like they have set off so many bombs you've you've repeated multiple bombs that they did earlier on the street and they had no idea who these people were or anything so mark felt was just like okay we can't get any evidence on who these people are so fuck the constitution i would have said the same thing like 100 percent so I'm glad that Mark Felt didn't get, you know, heavily charged. I think he did get in charge for something else. But like for this specific thing, I think he should have done that. He's freaking communist. Like I I 100% am fine with that. He brought down the Nixon, you know, uh party which was corrupt as fuck. And like you want to look at like history repeating itself, like what happened with the Nixon investigate like with well, Watergate what, is what's, what's the, the question it's, you have to what you have to have, have, you know the question you have to ask is why did they get rid of Nixon? Because plenty of other presidents get away with this kind of bullshit and more. Well, Nixon was going to keep the, the, the war going and because of our military industrial complex and the, the money made off of war, which it doesn't really go, you know, to middle class or anything like that. Cause there was a, a, um, a huge unemployment number in the United States at this time, but Nixon won by like the skin of his teeth, I think to Humphreys. And so, um, he was escalating the war and stuff, so of course they wanted him. And then you have like John F. K.'s assassination, and so Martin Luther King, and all this other, which is all planned by the FBI. Like they wanted Nixon in, and they wanted to cover their tracks for uh, spying on the Democratic uh, nominee. And the only reason they were caught is because of felt because they did some serious cover up. Even the CIA was involved. I think that was just the CIA was the guy that was. Um, oh, so that 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 trial that trial rumbled on for quite a while. Um, I don't know whether you know it was Nixon's first courtroom appearance since his resignation in '74. Nixon also contributed money to Felt's legal defense fund, with Felt's legal expenses running over six six hundred thousand dollars. Also testifying were some other were former attorneys general. So the jury, the jury returned guilty verdicts on November the sixth, nineteen eighty. Although the charge carried a maximum sentence of ten years in prison, felt was fined five, five grand. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, unbelievable, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad he got, you know, he got off though. To be honest. Uh, felt. I thought he said he was. Um, I thought he said he was. He deliberately queered the pitch to let the. Weather Underground off. Well, no, he's the one that ordered the... Well, yeah, but, like, that's the thing. Like, I don't... I honestly, from reading about... I read a lot about Mark Felt and, like, like his his life growing up, like, his dedication to the FBI. I don't think he he did this, like, in a, you know, 
part of me thinks he didn't do this. Like, this was just him being like, we got to get these fuckers because, like, they bombed the Pentagon and that was, like, the last straw. And then part of me thinks that they, if, like, if all, if Watergate didn't come out and, like, all these, uh, these wiretap things didn't come out, like, it would never have been obvious. So I just, I don't know what to think, Kimmy. That's why I'm saying it's like a conspiracy. Because yeah, because surely the better way to go would have been letting the military handle it because he attacked a middle military. I, I'm sh I'm sure there were probably because they ma attacked a military installation. I'm sure there's like different stuff. You, I'm sure they wouldn't go through a regular court or something. Our, like that. Probably yeah, wrong. Like our, our military doesn't act like uh, you would have to do. It's like a, a different section of the military. It'd be like National Guard or something like that because like our military isn't really able to um, be like, you know, like uh, com combat like Americans. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so they can't really do anything, but it would be the National Guard. But at the time, you have to remember, they were, how many, it was like 600,000 people. I don't even, like, I forget the exact amount. Does anyone know like how many people died a week in Vietnam? Like we just had mass, mass like people just dying constantly. So like it's not like the military really had room to come in and do anything. Like you know, there was a, a war being I'm waged. Sure the, I'm sure the CIA, CIA could have done something if they really wanted to. Yeah, they? CIA did not come powerful yeah. until um, the Bush, like the uh, Nazi President President Bush's uh, son came like into power and was the director of the CIA. I actually, I know this is like not part of the stream. I actually think Epstein it was a was a person for the CIA, so the CIA could get dirt on all the politicians. Because I think the CIA are like in charge. Of, CIA and the Mossad are in charge of all this shit. I really do. I honestly do. Do, do, um, do, you, like, do you think? Do you think the CIA are now long no no longer kind of anything to do with the American government? They're just kind of a rogue organization then. Pretty like probably pretty much. I just, I think that they're. Like after we found out about like MK Ultra and just all this stuff and like even the OSS with World War Two, just all the stuff they are capable of, like all the experimentations that they did on their own people, like uh, multiple jails, like the prisoners that they did, and then you you see like uh, um, uh, people coming out and like whistleblowers and stuff for the CIA is is absolutely insane. Like, and that then whenever like like even um, like people that are in like. Barr. Barr is associated with the CIA. Like he's associated oh, Felton, with Felton Miller got, got pardoned by uh, Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Like the I said, I'm kind of... Yeah, he seemed like a good, a good guy. But I think that like the CIA has been in control of like a lot of the people that are being put like in positions. Does that make sense? And I do think they are 100% like against Trump and like so is the FBI. Like I really do. Blimey, what do you think to this then? Federal government estimated only 38 weathermen got, had gone underground in 1970, though estimates varied widely according to a variety of official and unofficial sources as between 50 and 600 members. Most modern sources lean towards a much larger number than the FBI reference. An FBI estimate in 1976 or slightly later of then-current membership was down to 30 or fewer. Yeah, I watched uh, an interview where it's called Underground, where it's actually uh, five of the members, and they asked them, they're like, yeah, you know, we, we, is it, do y'all have around, uh, you know, 15 members or so? And they're like, we're very, very small, and they wouldn't give an like, exact number, but it was probably around like the estimate of 15 to 20. 
that was like five years after they went underground. Right, we've done two hours. Saz, do you want to sum up? Have you got anything you worry? Did uh, some I? I don't have any questions. I don't have anything to talk about. I think I'm over everything. It's just, it's just so much, man. <laughs> So we've done we've done two hours and we're out of here. Night all.